Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Sully's Open Conversation, the show that aims to have an unfamiliar conversation in a familiar environment. Today I have taken the drive on a beautiful Tuesday uh, to Tunbridge Wells to come and meet with Georgie. Welcome Georgie. Hello, how are you? <laughs> I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. It's no, good to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you on actually. It's yeah. lovely to see you. So I haven't seen Georgie in about seven years something like that yeah. six seven years yeah it's crazy it's crazy it's yeah. crazy um so yeah like i said it's been a beautiful drive down um but i'll uh, i'll hand it over to georgie to introduce herself hi i'm georgie i think yeah we've known each other about 10 no 10, more than yeah, that yeah. probably uh 24 now probably like 12 years yeah 12 yeah years. so um, crazy yeah i used to live in epsom near george um Things that I enjoy, fitness, podcasts, going on walks, especially when it's sunny like this, not in the rain. Um, but yeah, I live in Tunbridge Wells with my girlfriend and yeah, that's about, about it. Amazing, <laughs> amazing. Thank you very much. Um, and the first thing that we like to do to kick off each show is mm -hmm. um, if you could name a positive experience that you've heard, seen or done recently. Yeah, so it's going to sound so weird. Um, <laughs> But on the weekend, I went forest bathing. I don't know if you've heard about Never it. Never heard of it. So it's basically like a, it's linked to like some, something Japanese, but um, it's basically like a, a mindfulness meditation kind of thing. Wow. So um, you go to a forest, you've got like a guide and it's like, yeah, you walk through the, the forest and then you have to lie down in, in this like grass and field and just do like a 30 minute meditation but yeah it was amazing oh, lovely i felt so like zen after. yeah 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 really chilled out and calm yeah and i think if um anyone's just stressed in life it's i completely switched off any wow. issues that i was having um or like little little problems yeah i yeah, just yeah. completely forgot about just, it wow. it was like a three hour um kind of session how many people were in the group I think there was about 10 of us nice yeah nice. so um ashley's sister's like do you want to do you want to do it and i was like yeah cool yeah but yeah it was, it was so good we all said after that we just felt so relaxed and lovely yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. peaceful definitely recommend it really nice yeah, yeah that actually sounds lovely i'd yeah. have to I'll, you, I'll, I'll touch it up it's it's not just like for there as well like if you go on a walk in in a park it's you can kind of use the the techniques that that you're taught yeah it's, um you really connect to all your senses like in the meditation so right. you just it's yeah it's great sight sound yeah yeah, yeah yeah nice very nice so good um so i suppose the the most important question obviously is yeah. um how have you been mentally recently um yeah i've been pretty good yeah i think um i've now got my my little things that that I do each day to to keep me in like a a good headspace. Lovely. Um, what are those? So before work, I'll wake up at about half six, um, and I'll do a forty five minute workout. Nice. Literally here because I, I know I won't go to the gym <laughs> if that alarm goes off and I have to walk to the gym. It's it's not not <laughs> um, so yeah, I've just um, I'm subscribed to this app. Body by Kira, I don't know if you know it, but um, they do like live workouts at 7am. Right. So you do it with a trainer, which makes it so much easier to 
kind of like peloton kind of thing they, yeah, where they've like got that. the right yeah, yeah 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 so it's like having a pt when they're doing the workout with you at the amazing same, like, in yeah, yeah yeah so i do that um and then i get out on my my morning walk around the block lovely because yeah i just i just feel so much better like such a clear yeah head to start the day yeah because because you know when you wake up and sometimes it's like you just think of oh god what have i got to do for work or like what problem have I got at the minute? Yeah, yeah, if yeah. You, if your alarm goes off, get up, get your work um, workout gear on. You don't think about you're it. You're straight in, yeah, and then yeah, you're yeah. just straight into work after when you're ready. So that's that's my main my main thing. And I think after work, if it's sunny, I'll go on a little walk. Yeah, me. yeah. I mean, today is just absolutely stunning. It's so nice. <laughs> Honestly, I was driving. Yeah. I was. I was. I literally came off the M25 and I was driving down, and I think it took me a different way because there must have been traffic down yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I was driving through the wooded area, and oh, it's just it's like this best, beautiful sunshine. It? It's so just nice. stunning. Really, really so lovely. Nice. Um, so the reason why I've actually come to see Georgie today is. Funnily enough, it, you actually, I think you connected with me we on LinkedIn. We connected on LinkedIn, yeah. And I was like, I'd, I'd always had in my mind, because me and Georgie obviously knew each other when we were a lot younger. Yeah. Um, and it just popped up. And I was like, that is really what strange. Like, that's the world, yeah, that yeah. is the world working in very mysterious ways. Yeah. Um, so if you wouldn't mind kind of just, just, just talking about what you'd been through. And, and, yeah, yeah, and... yeah. Um, so I think it was 2014 I was working out. Um, and I think it was that that summer I started to feel a little bit low. I remember just not feeling kind of right. Yeah. And then um, in when was it May? I think it was May. Can't remember. But um, my uncle committed suicide, um, and I think that's what really Took just so, triggered everything yeah. off. Because yeah, it was kind of lurking in the background a little bit. Of course. Um, it's a really tough thing yeah. to handle as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At that age, I think I was about 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so going through that at 15, that's obviously a lot, isn't it? And then um, I actually had to call my mum yesterday to ask her what I was kind of, like, just from her perspective. Because yeah. when, I think when you're in that dark place, you don't really... You don't, you're not registering yeah, a lot of things, you? don't are really you? know what how you're coming across or yeah. you're just so in, in your own world. Um. So yeah, and she just said one, she was out with her mate one time and apparently I was just, I just called her just in, in tears, like hysterics, like, can you come home? Um, and I was apparently just sat on my bed. I literally don't remember this. I think I've, I've blacked out a lot, yeah, of, yeah, a lot yeah. of that year. Yeah, 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 of course, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, and I was just sat on my bed just like in hysterics and she was like, what's wrong? Like, what's happened? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I'm just really, I just feel so sad. And like that, that to me, I was like, oh my god, that's like that as a mum. Yeah. To, to see your your daughter like that that at 15, I think it's it's a lot, isn't it? Mm. Um. But yeah, and then I think yeah, it lasted. My depression lasted about two years, I would say, as a whole. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say the first year was probably just the worst. Um, and then it just kind of started to get better. Um, I was in therapy, but right. like I was saying to you earlier, the only reason I was doing it was for, for my mum. Yeah, yeah, and my yeah. Family, and, not, so. and not really understanding or knowing the benefits yeah, for yourself. 100%. And I was just kind of there. I wasn't applying anything that I was like told to do. Yeah. Um, 
And I think with therapy, when you're in that headspace, it is so difficult because like you just you in your head you're like, I don't wanna I don't wanna be here, I don't wanna get better. You don't like, think I'm you not, can, but yeah, I can yeah, get better. Exactly. It's... Like in your head I was like in my head I remember it was like, Well, I'm not gonna be here, so what's the point of me doing this? And that is it's so sad. But um yeah, I used to kind of write a diary and I found it like couple years ago no and way. I yeah and I, I'd completely forgotten that I, I wrote in it really? and it literally broke my heart yeah, reading yeah, it back yeah. I was like I literally can't read anymore it's just it almost just a different self isn't it it's completely just... different and like obviously looking back it's it's oh, how did I even get over that but it's also like oh, I'm so happy that I didn't mm. like do anything stupid Pers- persevered through the kind of tough times and yeah and um there was one point where I tried to take, I tried to have an overdose, so I went to hospital, but luckily it was, it was okay. Millie actually um, caught me like mid. So I think, I think, I think actually I remember Millie, seeing Millie because you were in hospital and that was, again, when we were that age, it's like processing that kind of thing. It's, it's, it's really difficult. And and I say this a lot, especially with people our age that mm. it's there we had no education on it like we no. didn't actually understand like the full effects of not at all we didn't understand what was going on in anyone's in, in anyone's heads and and, yeah. and thought process so much going on at that age isn't it's, it like it, it, and 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 yeah. we just there is no outlet there is mm. and and we weren't really told that there was mm. a correct way of speaking about it or doing anything about it like you said like you you thought you weren't going to be here like yeah. what's the point in doing this therapy 100 percent, yeah um but yeah obviously like now and I feel so guilty about it because obviously she's my twin she was the same age as me and she had to see me go through that so I think there's an element of if you're in that situation I think therapy is probably good for that person as well because mm-hmm. like your yeah. siblings or your family because it's such a it is a traumatic traumatic event kind of yeah. experience isn't it so um I don't yeah certainly you obviously say you feel guilt but mm. guilt is I mean it, it wasn't it wasn't totally yeah. you do you know what yeah. I mean you can't you can't you can't blame yourself mm. or or have any um kind of regrets and stuff because no. that is that is what you thought in that moment was yeah. was was the right thing to do yeah um, and I think um there's no, yeah, there's no point me kind of beating myself up about it now, yeah. but yeah, I do, I do apologise just to her sometimes and say sorry, it's, like, yeah, yeah, it yeah. Is, it's a lot, but, um, but yeah, and then I stopped having therapy and I don't, I don't really know what, like, around, could, around what age would you have um, said, kind of like 16, 17? 16, I would say, yeah. yeah, um, so I think I had it for a year, but I can't really, pin, I was trying to pinpoint what it was that really kind of got me out of it because I don't yeah. think it was therapy I think it was actually so my dad forced me to do this lifeguarding course right and I was like oh dad don't make me do this please <laughs> just don't like I can't um but I was like all right I'll do it just to like make him happy I did it and then they offered me a job at the pool right and I think that was when I started to kind of there was a purpose there get was... a purpose in my life yeah because at that age you go to school come home um and there's not much more to it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so like it kind of gave me a sense of like independence as well because I was earning a bit of money Mm -hmm. I was doing like 
a four hour shift a week and then I started picking up more but and I think another thing is surrounding yourself in a different environment to what you're used to every day so I was with these new people at work who I got on with so well like they're they're like some of my best mates amazing um so I think also having a routine of just little things that you can you can do yeah um so I think that was kind of probably what what brought you out yeah it's yeah, yeah it's, it's funny because it, it sometimes I'm, I'm sure that therapy was helping but obviously yeah, yeah subconsciously yeah, yeah. it was it was more of a that's kind of when when, when I started psychotherapy I was kind of in mm. the same boat as you I was literally like what is the point like yeah like I'm not going to be here soon so why mm. why am I even doing mm. this and then just like gradually throughout the weeks you just start questioning yeah yourself and it's really weird to say it, but like questioning your own thought process and why yeah. you were thinking that way. Yeah. Because of course, like we, we were saying earlier, you have to be, you have to want to get help in order to really, you really see the benefits. Better, yeah. 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 You can't, you can't try and convince someone that is still in that all consumed kind of yeah. stage of really not wanting mm. any help and, and, and not wanting to sh kind of show, show any kind of support. Yeah. Um, but yeah as 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 the therapy went on it was just you just kind of like wake up suddenly don't you yeah it's, it's weird isn't it yeah I, was, I i i have this one moment so were, were you ever were, were you ever on medication or anything like that yeah so um yeah i think yeah i was for a bit it was but it's more yeah because therapy and medication is kind of like it's therapy the therapy is the long term yeah. the long term support whereas medication is obviously like it can allow Just you to, to cope, but it, obviously it can do it. Yeah, it can Did get, it help, get you going. It it, you? So the funniest thing is, is um, when I was in hospital and before before I went into hospital, mm. I said to my parents, "Listen, if if I'm doing that, I'm not I'm not taking medication. I want to do this myself. I'm yeah. not I'm not I'm not taking anything. Yeah. Like I'm fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can do this myself." And then obviously being in hospital, <laughs> they prescribe you a medication after you've been diagnosed. Yeah. So you have no other choice because you can't like yeah, <laughs> literally like, stood right. there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I started taking it, and and they told me it would take like a week or so to to really kick in. Mm. And I think it was only like two or three days later. I just remember sitting on the sofa, and just everything. I opened my eyes, and just everything was bright. Like everything oh, actually really? had color. Everything oh, was like. It, that doesn't sound like an antidepressant. Honestly, to me. <laughs> honestly, it was it was wild. It was yeah. really wild, and I just had this energy that had been lacking for so mm. long, and just wanting to actually wow. be interested in things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that kind of I think brought me out, and then got me to the stage where I was like, oh, okay, now I can do, do therapy. therapy. Now yeah. I can, now I can actually accept the help. Yeah. And then yeah, the progression just through therapy was was wild. You just. Yeah. It's... Yeah, I think with um with medication as well, I think it's so individual with, yeah. with, with how it affects you. Definitely. Because I think for me, I would take it and it would just it would kind of get me through the day, mm -hmm. but it didn't do anything where I was like, Oh my god, like I wanna get better. Um but I think by that time I was like in such a a bad place. because um, I was speaking to to mum and apparently after school like I would just come home I used to go to Becca's house quite a lot shout out Becca you're a real one um but like I would just come come home sleep like close my door shut my curtain sleep go eat dinner come back 
and my mum was so um, worried about me. She used to she used to call Becca up at like nine o'clock and be like, "Can you come round and just Bless. like have a sleepover with her because she's just not in a good way." And she used to do that to me all the time. And Amazing. I think having yeah having someone like that, I don't know if I would have really got through it. I think having a support support system, network is yeah, so yeah, crucial. Yeah, yeah. Really because, crucial. But at the time, obviously, it's like, oh, just leave me alone. Yeah. But it is, it's doing a lot for you. So, um, yeah. Uh, credits, credits to Becca. Yeah, credits <laughs> to Becca. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's actually really funny because they were around last night. And she, oh, yeah. uh, last week. They were around last week to watch the first episode. Yeah. She was like, you're seeing Georgie. Oh, she better shout me out. Yeah, <laughs> Becca, you're getting, you're getting a major shout out. <laughs> no, she was absolutely amazing. Like, any time like that I needed her she would be there and I think yeah it's it's a lot to take on like oh at that age I mean well. at any age but yeah it's honestly yeah. the the work that people do in order to support people when they're in that kind of place and it's yeah. and it it's so hard to understand because it's not like a physical injury where they've broken their leg and they're yeah. in a cast and you have yeah, to yeah, help yeah. them like you can't see this like it's it, it's so hard isn't it it's what's going on in there and and a lot of the time people haven't been through that kind of situation mm. so really can't understand it mm. i've always said in in cases of kind of mental illness and mental health problems in order to fully fully understand it you're going to yeah. have to experience it yourself and you can't 100%. like you can't I'd, i would never want anyone anyone to do that anyone to have that experience no. and i think that but then i think the positive that i've really taken out of the what what went on is that if anyone close to me or anyone that wants to speak about it has those issues, I can really empathise and yeah. kind of actually give solid advice because, for example, my cousin, she's 18 or 19 now, but she's she's going through a bit of a, a rough patch as well. And I she said to me, she's like, I, I just feel so like that I actually have someone because I can just, you can just kind of relate and, yeah. and give give your experiences and help just yeah try and keep them afloat I guess so um and a really interesting question because this is actually this is what I've kind of realized through my psychotherapy as mm. well do you think that um going through the changes especially with like sexuality mm. and things like that and being at an all-girls school especially with me at an all-boys school yeah. as well yeah did you feel that had a part to play in the way that you were feeling do you know what I don't know if it did I, I mean it, I think it must have because I was so scared that people would wouldn't accept you for who you yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, and just I don't know, just kind of when you're at an all girls school, you just think like, oh god, do they think that I fancy them? And it's, not, <laughs> yes. it's, like, it's not, that but, is the automatic response, isn't yeah, it? I remember like um, me and Lauren were having a sleepover, and one of her mates said to her, "Oh my god, are you not scared that she's going to try and like like kiss you?" And it's like that's it's not, not how that. it works, like. <laughs> If, if I was straight, you wouldn't say that about, like, a boy. Yeah, just, yeah. But um, I think, yeah, I don't know. I think because I had such understanding friends as it is, I was really lucky in the sense that I I, I came out to them and it wasn't, like, a, a, a big deal. But I think in an all-boys school, I don't know, for you. Because it wasn't – so, for me, it wasn't really um, – I, I hadn't realised – kind of how I'd felt sexually yeah. it was more it was suppressing later on in life right that 
because I'd had that experience at secondary school, yeah. it was like, oh, that's, I, can't, I can't feel mm. that way or think that way or, mm. or be that way. So it, when you were in secondary school, did you kind of have those thoughts? But you were just definitely. Kind of like... I think I think I think every I think every boy. I mean, I can't speak for every boy, but I think a lot of people do have those. Oh, am I gay? Oh, yeah. Or, or yeah. do I? And, and that. Does. Yeah. You're lying if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's a little bit gay. <laughs> so in that in that sense, of course, I was having those thoughts growing up, but it wasn't until kind of late university years where right. I really did start to experiment yeah. and, and get to actually understand it but it was through therapy that I then accepted it so but were you kind of when you start like at uni were you kind of like so I had a I had I had a I had a girlfriend in second year of university mm. um and then didn't really have any relationships or anything after that and just kind of got on by myself, but yeah. I'd only ever kind of slept with girls, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and then I think actually it was Christian. Christian Christian really set the yeah. bar for like everyone was so supportive of him coming out yeah. and um it's such it's such a massive thing. And I think I took confidence in the way that he yeah. handled it and, yeah. and, and carried himself. Yeah. Um so then that he like I, I, I used to ask little, him questions like yeah. I used to confide him in him just yeah. be like asked him questions like what what's it like like how how do you how do you know like how yeah. how do you go about it kind of thing and it was just it was just that confidence that I needed that reassurance mm. that then allowed me to settle in my own mind because I think that was definitely causing a, a lot of my not a lot of it but adding to the was troubles it, yeah was it kind of adding to the anxiety around like yeah yeah what, what if what if yeah exactly and like I, I I knew I knew the people around me weren't gonna have an adverse reaction yeah but it's more society and how mm -hmm. understand like how misunderstanding they are yeah and you've see all the horrible instances of like homophobia and racism and, and it's just I think that just completely comes from a lack of understanding and a and a if you don't have any if you don't have that taught to people from a young age, yeah, they're only ever going to believe what they are a heterosexual dominant society that yeah. is in kind of programs and and education and everything. Yeah, and I think I think for me, I think the reason why I didn't find it so hard is because my auntie's gay. Yeah. So because I had seen that growing up, it was such a a normal a thing normal thing. Me. Mm. And, like, my mum's got quite a few gay friends and, like, I was really close with them. But I think if you're not surrounded by that, especially where we grew up mm. in Surrey, in Epsom, it's not really a, a, not, like, a like, not a lot of people come out. Like, yeah. I think I was probably the first, one of the first people in, I think I was the first person in my year to come out. And at the time, I didn't, I didn't really think of it like that. But now I'm like flipping it. I was actually like... <laughs> the pioneer. Yeah, yeah, I'm the pioneer. It's a big yeah. move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it really is. Especially kind of at that age as well. Because mm, it's... So many opinions. Yeah. Like, everyone's got an opinion at that yeah. age about, like, everything. And it's... But I was thinking, like, I don't know if this is how you feel. But for, for guys, I don't know. I feel like it's a bit harder because... I think obviously the toxic masculinity mm -hmm. thing and all of that, but for for me, like for girls, it is a little bit. I mean, I hate it, but it's a little bit sexualized. So like when you come out, like guys are like, oh my god, cool. But if a guy comes out, they're like, oh, 
Yeah, some guys yeah, are like a bit, yeah, a bit yeah. like at arm's distance. But I don't know if that was kind of a, a thought in your head, adding to your. Yeah, uh, certainly. All boys' school, there was a lot of homophobia and stuff because it was. It's just a toxic masculine environment. Yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Playing football is another one. There's actually. It was actually mm. yesterday. The first Blackpool footballer. Yeah. So Jake, I forget his name now. Jake's up, but he he is now the first, like the only known. That's nuts. That is footballer crazy to me. in the entire of English foot yeah. UK in the entire of UK to come out as gay as uh, as like a professional footballer, and that kind of just tells a lot of the story. It does, doesn't and, it? And we were having a conversation in it in our boys' chat last night, mm. and just like bloody good on him like that takes some serious serious guts yeah. and I was just like I just hope he doesn't get abused but yeah. they're all You're like he get, will yeah 100% it's... in that in that football culture I think with sport in general like male sport mm. um like there's the the fans are just it's like the racism the homophobia it's it's a common thing so and he obviously knows that but I think it's so important that he's done that because now so many more people yeah 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 have the guts to to actually come out and yeah i think it's great i saw that it was really cool i don't uh, and it's it's it was shocking to see that he is literally the first one and i no. think it's in like 30 years as well yeah so imagine the guy 30 years ago that was oh my of, god yeah it's just <laughs> it's crazy isn't it wild wild um so in terms of obviously you were saying that you had been going on morning walks and stuff like that how is it working from home um, for your like mental health and, and um I think for me because I'm a bit more of like a home bird a bit more introverted I think as long as I've as long as I'm speaking to people through zoom and things like that and having those that connection with people I'm okay but I think when I do go into the office then I realize oh wow this is actually a lot better because you get that kind of you get the per- yeah, yeah, yeah 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 but um in terms of my routine, I just prefer it so much more because I have time to do my workout, do my morning walk, kind of have that work-life balance. I think for me, that's like my number one priority is that I need in life is to be able to do those those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if I had to get up at, what, 6, 6.30 every day and just get ready to go to work, sit on the train, come home, probably wouldn't have the energy to do any of those things I think that probably would affect me quite a lot yeah take its toll um so I think having flexibility as well is is definitely good for me but then I know a lot of people really struggle with working from home yeah their mental health so I think it's definitely like personal preference personal isn't preference, it yeah and I think because because I did my master is basically all I mean it was kind of home and at uni but I kind of got used to it um but I think people that have been at work in such a busy environment going from that to just nothing nothing it's definitely been been a struggle for people that uh, that's that's where I my struggles really started to be totally honest because yeah. I was living that intense lifestyle and then I was fur- I was working at um on placement right yeah at, at the company that I was talking about yeah. so obviously that was like an hour and a half drive each way which takes its toll <laughs> anyway yeah, yeah yeah um but it was that intense lifestyle so I was having that in the day mm. long commute work long commute home dinner bed and then going out 
two or three three days in the weekend drinking. Yeah. Um, it's just an unsustainable lifestyle. And then once that stopped and lockdown hit, I was furloughed, didn't have anything, didn't just have that work. Yeah, really, yeah. It? And yeah. it was just, it just toppled on, on, mm. on top of me. It, I was thinking about all the things that I had never had time to. Yeah. Never had time to. Yeah. I think, I think that's such a big thing because when you're so busy all the time, you don't really have time to like reflect. Mm-hmm. And I do, I think reflection is so important, but also it's, if you're sat with your thoughts for too long, you don't know what's real. And it's like, wow, I really need to. And that's where I started going on walks because I was like, this just bang a podcast on, you just kind of keep it moving. So I think just doing little things like that each day is, is really yeah, really this, yeah, it's the little steps that make a big difference, I think, yeah. and it's and it's really cool. When, like when sorry, going back to when you said you were going out drinking, do you think alcohol has like yeah, a- yeah, yeah? I've said a lot of um, so Ollie, who who's going to be on, I think he's the fourth week that, yeah. of releasing. It's Ollie Barton. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know him, yeah. So he was saying alcohol, and I've noticed it as well. Alcohol. Is a depressant. It's a depressant, yeah. like, especially, and a lot of people forget about wine. A lot of people forget that. Yeah. A lot of people forget that, and you go binge drinking for Friday, Saturday, and there's no yeah. wonder you're still hungover on a Monday or Tuesday morning, still feeling anxious. Oh God, it's like a two-day hangover, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I so to- yeah, I totally realised, and I and so I did dry Jan, and and that reeled in my drinking a lot. So it, mm. I I don't feel as though I have to go absolutely over the edge, yeah, and and just have as many drinks as possible. Yeah, um, I like to I like to think that I've got a lot more control over it now. Yeah, but, but yeah, people do th- people do just forget because actually alcohol alcohol such classic in British culture of having going out and having a yeah. drink like that is our that is just that our... is what that is what the social events are based it's, around. Yeah, like, yeah. There is there isn't really other than that forest bathing. I was well up for it because I was like, yes, I don't <laughs> have to like. There's no drinks involved, but for me, the the next day I'm just so anxious and it's like. I've got to the point where it's like, I, it's not worth it for me anymore. Mm. Like I, I would happily on a Friday night, have a glass of wine, leave it at that. But going out drinking now just and like clubbing and all of that, I'm just like, I, I actually would put, rather put my mental health first before yeah. that social event or whatever. Definitely, um, definitely. I've, yeah, yeah, and, and being hungover, takes you out your normal routine as well yeah, you're not going to get 100%. up and do a workout in the morning yeah. or you're not going to get up and go and do the walk yeah I, well I sometimes do a walk because it actually makes me feel better once mm. when I'm hungover but things like exercise and stuff like I can't go I can't go to the gym if I'm like I'll be throwing if, up yeah, yeah. Center, like no way <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah definitely yeah so I've I've really realized and I think alcohol comes hand in hand with other things that you I just need to get rid of as well just yeah. doing silly things and it's yeah. just it's One thing leads to the other, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. I don't know. I think. I think. It sounds like it's the same for you, but I've got to the age and the point where it's like I've done all of that. Done the partying. Party, yeah. I've been to uni. I've done all that. I and I. I feel quite lucky because a lot of my friends are kind of at the same point where, for example, Lauren. We we never meet up and go drinking mm-hmm. we'll always meet up go for a coffee go for a walk lovely things like that and I think that that really helps with not 
Binge drinking. And, and you know, really, now that you've said that, it's made me realise that actually is a more genuine connection than actually 100%. just going out and drinking and getting pissed with your yeah. friends. You can actually have a sober you, conversation yeah. and keep a conversation up than those drunk just conversations. Small chat, let's like just over drinks. I hate small chat, <laughs> like, honestly. Like, I, feel, I honestly sound like I'm about 40 years old. Like, <laughs> now I'm talking, but I just, I prefer having... A smaller group of mates where I can actually meet up with them, chat to them about what's going on in my life, what's going on in their life, and not just be like, "Oh, like, do you want the next drink? Do you know what I mean?" Yeah. It's like a, there is definitely an there's there's a hell of a lot of small talk when you're going out drinking because everyone's focused on one thing, one thing and that's yeah. getting drunk. Obviously, you're having a good time, and yes, you're having good conversations, yeah. but there is never that depth to a conversation 100%. where I think that you could get to actually talking about people's mm. mental state and emotions and, and yeah. how they're actually really getting on yeah and I think obviously once in a while it's fine like if you, yeah, like, yeah, yeah like a couple of whatever however many times you want to do it but I think I used to do it every weekend Friday and Saturday at uni I would go out and now it's just like I think when I do go out like that I have a much better time because I'm like right this isn't this isn't it's me not a normality yeah um, but then even still after that, I'm like, oh, God, why did I do this? But <laughs> I'm 24. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. I'll get to the point where I'll stop. But yeah, yeah, yeah I think that's, yeah, alcohol definitely. It's a massive, yeah. It, and, and it, like we say, it's part of the culture and, and mm. that's why it goes over people's mm. heads over why potentially they might be feeling awful mentally the next day. Yeah. And that, and, and that is exactly why. 100%. Exactly why. But pe pe yeah, people don't really realise it, do they? That it has such an effect on you because it goes from it goes from having drinks and having fun mm. to then having too many drinks and where do you draw the line yeah, yeah it's like yeah. when you're when you're pissed it's like i'm not, <laughs> not going to think about you, so, you you plateau at a certain yeah. point as well so you constantly buy you're buying more drinks but you're yeah, not getting any more exactly. drunk exactly there's um we were speaking earlier as well, which I'd quite like to touch on as well, because you're obviously speaking quite passionately about it, your diversity inclusion yeah. at work. Yeah. So if you just want to, yeah, talk about yeah. the role in that. and Yeah, so at work, um, I've kind of come up with an initiative around neurodiversity, because at uni, I was diagnosed with severe dyslexia. Um, and yeah, I think, uh, do you know what? I think it really comes from a place of just wanting to help people feel like they've kind of got a place. Um, so yeah, I've kind of come up with this and I do monthly calls with people that want to join um, on the programme that I'm on at work, just to kind of give feedback on how we can make the programme better for like new people that join. Um, and then I've also joined the Pride Network, the committee for that. So I'm helping organise um, the Pride events at work, Amazing. which is obviously so much fun. Um, and yeah, just doing the, the DNI working group within my kind of team. But yeah, it's really good. Smashing it. Really good. Loving <laughs> it. Should have started with that. Yeah. <laughs> um so we're almost probably about about time to finish. Yeah. Uh so if there is one particular mindfulness technique that you stands out for you and that you would recommend to the viewers, what would what would that be? Um God, there's so many. I think um I think for me personally, and I like, I think it would be for everyone if, if they did it, but I think it is just having a bit of exercise mm -hmm. um, and getting out in 
nature and the fresh air because it kind of takes you away from I don't know our generation we're always stuck to our phone yeah, and just yeah, scrolling yeah. the whole time if you just put your phone away go on a walk and actually take in what's around you it helps so much because first of all it gives you kind of a sense of accomplishment that you've done something before you've even started your work day um but second of all yeah I think it just clears your head a bit you're not just glued to your phone and yeah gives you time to think yeah and just just having a a routine of things that make you feel good just little things each day it doesn't have to be massive like huge things just little things I think it's the more you take notice things that you actually like even it's just tiny things that you like yeah you've instantly got a a mechanism there that can Mm. fight against anything that might be negative in your mind yeah and just I think just being writing down gratitudes I did I did it for a bit I need to actually get back into it but that really helped me put things into perspective as well because it could be tiny things like grateful for having legs that I can go out on a walk when I want go to the shop then you're like oh this problem that I've got actually isn't that bad because people might not be able to do that um so yeah just yeah just being grateful and getting out in nature it's great it's great Georgie thank you very much it's so lovely to see you so lovely to see you um and thank you all for listening and watching we'll see you next time on Sully's open conversation bye bye